Well, hello there for the second episode of The Walk in the Park. Thank you for the, for the support for the first one and the constructive criticism I've received all along. Um, I am really looking to doing stuff like this and I'm glad that people enjoyed it and listened to it. So, without further ado, let's start the second episode. We're going to talk about a lot of more stuff and things that I hope you'd enjoy. Cheers. Well then, um, let me talk to you about something that just happened to me this morning. Not any um, later, not any sooner. Well, let me give you first some, some background, some, some stuff that happened before. I am a person that actually spends a lot of time in my desk playing my PC or watching in my PC or being productive in my PC and I use it a lot like for the past four months it's been like wake up sometimes play a small video game then eat breakfast and then after that it was uh, go to the PC for the next about 14 hours and that was the thing for like the past I don't know how much days most of the time when nothing really serious happened no um, blackouts no anything and it was today I stood up woke up I had my iPad right next to me I booted it, booted it up played it played for it a bit played some football manager and switch it up to some Angry Birds, the classic. And then after that, my brother woke up and he actually tried to play Fortnite because there was an update for like the season four thing with Marvels and stuff like that. And when he tried to boot it up, there was a problem. It crashed every time. And each time I had to actually do this this thing because the amazing devs at Epic Games did not ship the language French in their new update for their new season so you had to change the language and people didn't know that so I reinstalled the game wasted literally the entire like day of downloading the update and then having to reinstall the update at night but besides that I got in I found my dad and there was this table for this breakfast with everybody's sandwich which was filled with buttered triangle formaggios which is just cheese and a bit of that omelette which was just the normal diet for the, the last I don't know how many weeks I sat down. The gameplay of my brother was not the best, so I didn't really watch it as he was actually playing a bit of that Fortnite gameplay. He wasn't the best, so I don't know. I felt bored. As I ate that sandwich, I told to my dad, well, when I talked to my cousin, he wanted to buy this gaming PC, he asked me the questions. He first wanted a, a VR headset, which at first I didn't like, 
and then I searched and I done my research and then I told him to go for it and actually do it but he ended up buying a PC a gaming PC well after that well my dad told me it wasn't a, a good thing and my brain then thought like how? how wasn't it a good thing? why? like it's a good thing to have yours this new technology to try you're immersed into the game my brain thought and then I asked him why he told me that it's still experimental. Then I thought about it. Is VR really experimental? Is it really an experimental thing to do? Is VR really something that is still in its early days, in its infancy? Well, I thought about it a bit. Then I continued the conversation with Dad. I told him, no, it's not. It's not experimental. That's what my first impressions were. Because it was six years, but... Then again, six years is not the longest time ever. It's still like it's actually a bit of an experiment. And after that, I continued my talk about that. And they told me, if it wasn't experimental, then why aren't people having this VR thing? Who do you know of uh, like our family, our relatives, who owns this... VR headset. Who owns it? I know a new one who actually owned it was like the cousin of uh, the, the uncle of my cousin. He was pretty far along the family and I didn't see him in about like a year and a half. So I said just no. Then he told me, well, you see, that's why it's not experimental. Then I added to say, and, and I said him again, told him that, well, the pioneering company that created VR and created from a Kickstarter, the Kickstarter actually went in to be bought by micro, like, uh, it wasn't Microsoft, by Facebook for like about two billion dollars. And then he told me two stories. The first one was the story of the company Kodak. Then he told me why companies actually buy things because they don't want to miss out on the technology. If you didn't know the story of the company Kodak, it was one of the best, it was like the best camera company ever before digital cameras. And then when digital cameras came in, they completely ignored it. They just said that we're just going to spend money on nothing. This is just experimental. We're not going to do anything with it. And then after that, they fell out and they're like, they were bankrupt and now they're defunct. They don't exist anymore on my actual knowledge and the second one was without with our like TV a television had this option it was called 3D it was one of the first things like man your TV has 3D but to do 3D it was kind of unintuitive it had to had to wear these glasses that actually always had to have batteries in them so you can see the 3D and sometimes it didn't work and you had to tune into these videos, these special things, this exquisite thing you have to see to actually get the 3D effect in line, but it didn't go out, it didn't pan out, we didn't use it, just bought it right there and just like used it for like once or twice and then threw it out. I don't know where is the box with the goggles but I but I don't really remember what it is. And we could have bought a bigger television with a bigger screen and it will look amazing and stuff like that, but 
we ended up with this TV, which was like about like three inches wide, like thirty inches wide, three inches, I don't know, something like that. And I don't know, it wasn't really the best thing ever. It's a small TV, and that's why experimental things should not be bought and first thought. That's what he told me. That was his message, and then I thought to myself. Did my father just literally convince me to something that I've been actually looking through for hours on end? Take in mind that actually my father's only VR experience was was actually videos and stuff like that. And well, when your experience is only videos and that phone VR thing that you have to pop your phone up to it, and then you'd watch this 360 degree video which wasn't the best at all. It really showed that it was experimental, but still, I actually knew more and I watched more videos, even though I didn't really own this VR headset. But then, when you think about it, your dad that doesn't know as much as you in VR actually convinced me that VR is still experimental. It's not something that it actually is mainstream and something that everybody owns, with two arguments that companies buy small companies only to actually invest in further technologies so they can't be left out like the company Kodak did and also with the second thing which was how experimental things didn't actually matter to buy like if you bought it you just you just risk in it it can be something good some something bad something breaking through into the technologies and something that's not really good but then my we stop a bit was eating my sandwich and I was like about halfway through that sandwich and then after that for quite a bit I actually he actually told me of well how would actually it be if you wore actually the VR headset for like hours upon hours on end it wouldn't be very comfortable would it I don't know my brain then thought like no People do it, there's an exact community that does it, and then they told me it's not healthy. It's like how headset, like sound headsets, like how they would actually hurt your ears if you actually did it for more than two hours. It was like a scientific thing he told me. But I don't know, there is no proof, I didn't see the science in it, where is the thing. But I don't know, I'll just trust my dad, he'd probably read it off of Facebook or something like that. And would you think about it, it's kind of true, because I've heard of people actually doing it and having to suffer the, these problems in all around all of the senses. If you actually adapt your senses to do something, you get really hurt. And then he actually convinced me how you actually don't have to use a, a headset, only if you wanted to do. But I didn't know, to that, know that, because like, like for the past two months, wake up, eat breakfast, sit down on my chair and plug on the headset and listen to some music on Spotify or something like that or just a podcast while playing a video game and I didn't know how it actually affected people I didn't really put it into perspective until he actually told me that that happened and it did happen well let me tell you it was not like when you feel when you things into the perspective that they have to be in, you really think about it, you really feel it, that it's into you and things that are, are missing into you that you have to think because 
one thing that I've learned throughout generally through this conversation is that situational awareness will always and I say always actually hurt your thinking or like not hurt like influence over your thinking because if you don't put your situational awareness in a position where you think about what you have on hand about the situation you're going to have to do the math again so from from first thought you actually have to think about your situation not something else something from the dreams though don't say that you don't have to dream you don't have to think about something but situational awareness is something that is very important and to say that out because here let me just give you an example the quest is about like five hundred dollars if you want to buy it for the oculus or the oculus thing from facebook directly the thing is if you add to shipment costs it will actually go around like about eight hundred dollars which is not the best price because eight hundred dollars is equal to eight thousand dirhams about approximately which is the moroccan currency and then that actually can make you live for about like three months very comfortably with all the things that you have to survive and live even some people this that is how they live people that can't live like like other people this because every single place has its own situation and then that situation is the one that you have to think about that's just an example with the with the quest and there you have it that's a lesson that I've learned from my dad while he talked to me about virtual reality even though I'm in a community with virtual reality people who own HMD headsets who might disagree with my dad or disagree with me but I've known something I've learned something from my dad who actually has never um, had so much of an experience so much of so much information about this VR headset how much software there is how much people there are in because for his situation for our situation is still experimental for the most part I can say like that well yeah that's what I have to say here well 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 one thing I'd say to you Mr. Player uh, NX or Y video game. Do you play video games well or do you suck at video games? I don't know. Your answer might be either one of those in multiple genres of video games. But for my answer, I am crap. I am not the best player ever. So, what do I do? What do you look for? when you're a bad player. Improvement? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Improvement. What does improvement need? It needs time. Do I have time? Well, let's say... No, let's assume that the answer is no. What would you do? You're stuck. You can only be bad don't have enough time to improve then what would you do what is your answer to all of this well I might have found the answer but it's kind of a bit I don't know how to say it different maybe like in each video game they have their own way of improvement some ways actually make you better quite faster 
but I don't know. Let's take, for example, in general, NFPS. I don't know, however, it is. But to get good at NFPS, you need to practice. Well, you need to practice in the game or something like that. Let's assume, just as, let's just assume that I don't have enough time. What would I do? Well, one thing I'll tell to you is that you're in luck, buddy, because if you're playing a Call of Duty game in console, there's something called bots. Now, when people hear bots, it's kind of giving them like this bad insight through this thing. It's a bad thing, it's a bad experience when you hear bots because, mate, it's bots, not even players. How do they do to improve with bots? And I'll tell you, well, you're you're going to improve your aiming as well as you can like like you're gonna play the game in an experience that's better than playing with players because you're gonna get kills, you're gonna get your kill streaks, you're gonna get your stuff because you're gonna practice after all, and you're gonna have fun. You're, even though you don't have fun, you can like you get to experience the game at its full potential. Even though you don't know a lot, you don't master all of the parts of the game. You're not a YouTuber, you're not a, a full-time gamer, or a pro player. What do you do? What do you do? Just play with bots. I come get a lot of kills, play a lot of things, and experience the, the entire video game. We can ask the same question, get the same actual response if we ask, do you like to play offline? Or like, do you want some stress relief? The same answer would be bots. But then, when you think about it, then how would bots ever succeed? Because besides Call of Duty and, and Counter-Strike, and the FPS at least, the FPS genre, there's not really a lot of, a lot of choice you've got. Battlefield disbanded bots long, long after Battlefield 2142 because Battlefield's bots were just because they had to include bots for offline players to actually buy the game and to have at least their their hand. They can actually at least get what they're paying for, at least in the first two Battlefields. In the, the next Battlefields, kind of just some missions where you can actually practice or something like that. They didn't have that all-out war feeling at all. And the same could be said now. There are no games that have AI bots. They're not really the games. I, they were, I probably installed them like actually quite instantly because I've done my research and there is not a lot. Besides Battlefield Counter-Strike, as I said. It's sad, but it's ex actually, it makes sense. Not to say that it's acceptable, because I definitely think that bots should return back to the video game landscape. But, for players, players just don't care. There is a few people that actually do care, but besides that, players just get informed. Just play in the multiplayer matchmaking. They might get tilted, they might get frustrated, but they don't care. Also one thing, one thing else that I want to talk about is how bots can be used to combat cheaters. 
and to actually separate the casual gamer like the casual player base and the hardcore player base well if i wanted to play like like i don't know call of duty with bots i'd play with bots and players the ones that actually grind and do the competitions and do their things they could just play in their online matchmaking systems and have fun doing that while i also have fun playing with bots and dominating them and experiencing the game of myself. It's not multiplayer, it's only single player, it's only a reflectant, but at least you get what you pay for. Not like some games but you don't have bots, like the Battlefield 3, 4, like imagine you didn't have internet, you'd pay for those games and then after that you only have access to, what, a half-assed campaign? A campaign that is a bad campaign, a half-baked one, a campaign that actually does not make sense, a campaign that that is convoluted, that doesn't actually get through the, your expectations. Well, one thing I'd say that this campaign is not worth your $60. Maybe it could be worth 30 30 of your, your dollars. But the other 30 is on the multiplayer side of things, and the multiplayer, well, can't experience it. I'm offline. How do I get that 60, that $30 back? I just spent it on nothing. That's also a way to see it. Sadly, even though bots are an amazing experience of maybe just dominance, but you get to experience the game in its full potential. I really don't see the point. But I don't really see why they would come back unless the community of bots unites and does something. Makes a big part of the buyers actually interested in bots. Because believe me, if bots just disappear out of nowhere, like video game bots, robots that are not included in the multiplayer prime matchmaking. I'm not only talking about FPS games or stuff like that. There are many, many games. Trust me, the appeal would not change. The video game like landscape will not change. Bots are not artificial intelligence, though. An artificial intelligence is actually developing and is actually going farther as as farther and farther as time goes on one thing that I'll tell you is that bots in video games at least for now they are dead and they're dead for good there is a hope though but it's far from succeeding and it's heartbreaking to see one of the experiences that I like not having bot support but it's up to the developer and the publisher to do whatever they want and they can really do whatever they want that's all that I have to say Well, if you reached this point in this episode, well, you finished it. You can 
likely say I've watched this episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Wait, what? Watching? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching here. You are really the person that is making my 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 brain think. You're thinking me. You're making me continue throughout this this long journey. I'll be sure to release episodes kind of regularly as much as I can. But well, this was the end of the second episode. Well, we've been walking through this park and now we've reached the end. I'm Sadrine. Well, see you in the next episode, I guess.